This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. the show right now i'm recording the thing like, so the show, the show is happening whenever. the show the show happens whenever we're in the same room and there's a microphone picking it up that is true That's so hey nsa hey. welcome to overdue <laughs> obama this is a podcast about the books that you've already read because you spied on us my name is craig my name is andrew and we are in the same room so things are a little weird so we're doing a bit of a wacky morning dj morning zoo your cat hated that noise that i just made he's just sitting on the table looking right at you and being very, I don't know, like, what's his face look like right now? I only see the back of his head. So your cat has this thing. Now, mm-hmm. we're going to talk mm-hmm. about a book today. We're going to talk about we're gonna talk Skateboard about Tough. S- skateboard Tough by Matthew Christopher. Matt Christopher, number one sports books for kids. The number one sports series for kids. Excuse me. Your cat gets a little goop in one eye sometimes. Yeah, he has cat herpes. So it sort of looks like he's just crying very slowly about me being here. That's not wrong. No, he's being very patient and tolerant. No, he's fine. He has food. He has water. He has a little stuff that he needs, so like he's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be a weird episode. Oh, it's always weird. It gets wet and wild when we're both in the same room. Andrew decided that we were going to do this episode without any real reason other than our own interest and presumably you, the listener's interest in a book called Skateboard Tough. Our interest in and confusion about a book called Skateboard Tough. Sure. That's true. Yes. Andrew. Craig. What did you want to talk about? What about Matt Christopher? What about Matt Christopher? Now, we're going to talk about this guy, Matt Christopher, um, who was born in 1917 and died in 1997. One of the reasons we were keen to talk about him is... I remember reading a lot of Matt Christopher books as a kid. Yeah, me too. Like I was not big into sports or anything, but they're just Matt Christopher books were around. Like our school library, our elementary school library had a lot of Matt Christopher books. Yeah, I was into sports as a kid. And you're um, into sports now. I'm into sports now. Um but you're I distinctly remember and, and I know that Matt Christopher was into baseball. Um, he played at, baseball. He played baseball. We're going to talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember any names of any books. I think I feel I'm, and I may be projecting my own current day Andrew biases mm-hmm. onto past day Andrew. We do that every week here on Overdue. <laughs> but I feel like, to the extent that I read Matt Christopher books. I may have been doing it because other people around me were reading Matt Christopher books. Oh, sure. So I was not like I was not super into sports. I was into Ohio State football because I lived in Ohio and that was just the done thing at the time and the still sun is. rises, you cheer for OSU, go yes, big red, exactly. you know. Exactly. 
Um, exactly. Yeah, I'm fairly. I don't know. I've ever had a conversation with someone about a Matt Christopher book. <laughs> it was never yeah. assigned reading, right? No, no. I think I read most of my Matt Christopher books while trying to earn free pizzas from Pizza Hut. Did you have like that book it? Yeah. Get that personal pan pizzas? Yeah, getting mm-hmm. those personal pan pizzas. Mm-hmm. How many times did you ever actually go out for those things? Not enough. Because if I had a dollar for every expired personal pan <laughs> pizza coupon. You could buy a pizza. I could buy a regular <laughs> pizza, yeah. <laughs> so Matt Christopher, as I said, he was born in 1917. So we're coming up on his 100th birthday. The Matt Christopher Centennial. Experience it wherever you like. There will be a parade down the streets of New York City. Yes. Um, he was born one of nine siblings in Bath, Pennsylvania. The oldest of nine, I believe. Oh, oldest of nine. That's what he has said. Okay. Now, he may be making that up. I don't he know if any of the other. I don't know if any of the other Christophers went on to <laughs> do anything else. Uh, Bath, Pennsylvania, Andrew, is actually only a little ways north of here in Philadelphia. It's up in the Lehigh Valley. Do you know what it's named for? Do you know anything about it? Uh, I think it's named for the same place in England, uh, which has featured in a number of Jane Austen novels. Huh. All right. So, literary connections. Jane yeah. Austen, Matt Christopher. It's all of a piece. Drawn from the same well. All of a piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're both in the same bath, if you will. Oh. As you alluded to <laughs> earlier... Matt Christopher did play minor league baseball after high school. He played a lot of semi-pro, and then he made it to the highest level of the game he made it to was the Class C Smith Falls Beavers, which were in the Cana- uh, the now-defunct Canadian-American League. Now, okay, so as a baseball enthusiast yes. and as a minor league baseball logo enthusiast. Ye- also true. <laughs> what can you tell me about the level of play that Matt Christopher was at? Now, as far as I can tell, this team existed for one year <laughs> in 1937. Okay, and Matt Christopher was the best at it, and they decided, you know what? He has accomplished our, our goals. He has like been... As good at this level of baseball anybody can be, we're going to shut it down. Untrue. There are at least two men on that team did go on to play professional major league baseball. Neither of them were Matt Christopher. Matt Christopher spent a season, the season, with the Smith Falls Beavers. He hit a whopping 143. Not good. So 300 is like good. Hall of Fame level. Okay, so what's like average? Like 200, 250? 250. If you're below 200, it's called the Mendoza line. That's bad. That's named after a person because for being bad. I feel like Um, we, at this point, we need to call, like if you're below 150, (laughs) you're at like the Christopher line. The Christopher line. (laughs) Um, It is worth noting that he played 15 games for the Smith's Falls Beavers, uh, I think at third base. He hit one home run. I note this because later in his life, he wrote a book, and here's a quote from Matt Christopher. Oh, this is about the kid who only hit homers? Out of all the books I've written, my favorite is the kid who only hit homers. Oh, no. It's a fantasy, but the main character in it could be real. There are a lot of boys, Matt Christopher, who would love to play baseball, but for some reason cannot, Matt Christopher. The only difference between a real-life boy and Sylvester Codmire III is the appearance of a character named George Baruth, Babe Ruth, whom only Sylvester can see and help Sylvester become a good ball player. Is this the Flintstones? Is he like an invisible like alien who 
this is a series of books, though, where this boy, this baseball boy, Sylvester Kotmeyer the Third, is visited by multiple baseball specters who teach him multiple skills at okay, the so game. Okay, so the ghost of baseball past, the yeah. ghost of baseball present, and the ghost of baseball yet to come. Well, the ghost of home <laughs> runs, the ghost of stealing. What's the, the ghost of home runs? Like, is this... Like, do people die at home plate, and that's when you become a ghost of home runs? Like, how the, how these specters get this job? Babe Ruth ate a lot of hot dogs. He did not take care of himself. Okay. He, I don't think he died while playing the game, but... That's a dream, though. That is the dream. <laughs> um, so, he, M- Matt Christopher did... Uh, that he, makes me really... That actually... I know. <laughs> I'm a little... It kind of underwrites his entire career, doesn't it? It's... Well, and like I was, I was reading like biographies, not biographies, but like like <laughs> bios about him. I read a seven hundred page biography. Well, and of they Matt all and they all sound like weird, like a little defensive, like a oh, little sure. weirdly defensive. Like the so this is from the Wikipedia page, and I think like most of this Wikipedia page is single sourced from an interview that he did. Yes, yes. Um, it says, despite having two hits and two RBIs in four at-bats in his first game, Matt soon found that he could not hit minor league pitching consistently and was cut from the team. Although he was offered a spot on the Brockport Blues in the same league, he decided he was not good enough to play at that level and declined their offer. Christopher returned home to New York where he played semi-professional ball until a knee injury shortly thereafter ended his career. It just makes it sound like... Maybe Matt Christopher wasn't that good at baseball, but at every step of the way, he was making the decisions about how far he would advance in the game of baseball. Yeah. And I don't want to like put him on blast or like belittle him or anything. And like we're in the same room and we've had a couple beers. So like this podcast is going to be a little on the on the silly end. (laughs) And it's a bonus episode. So like this is just extra. Like we do whatever we want. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so be grateful is what Andrew so, yeah, is saying. Be grateful. You ingrates. <laughs> I love all of our listeners. So no. So he moved on from his baseball dreams. Uh, he got married in 1940. He had four kids. Uh, he, in this one interview that we have found that he gave <laughs> that they put on his website, um, he did say that he got interested in writing, uh, as a freshman in high school while he was selling magazines and reading the stories, which to me is like, oh, how nice in the 1930s people would come home from work and read magazines for fun, for the stories. Mm-hmm. The, oh, the stories? The stories. And not any of the, like, the pictures or anything? No, and he he wanted to get into writing, especially after his baseball career failed. Um so Don't he, say failed. Matt Christopher wouldn't want you to say failed. After true. Matt Christopher chose to end his <laughs> lucrative baseball career. <laughs> he wrote a, he wanted to get published, so he wrote a detective story every week for 40 weeks. He's the Jonathan Colton of Yeah, a stories. story a week. Uh-huh. Uh, he did write a story about Baby Got Back. Um, he... <laughs> Finally got uh, a story called The Missing Finger Points sold to a magazine. Uh, He got some sports stories sold as well. And then his first book was a detective story uh, published in 1953. It's called Look for the Body. But, Andrew. I think that's like, that's Detective 101, right? You got to look for that body. You're trying to solve a murder. Like, you got to find the dead dead people first. I keep seeing that that book was like 60,000 words long. It's like. Is it just 
Yo, just look for the body. Just look for it. You don't need that many words. Just look what for the body. What if like, it's a detective out there on the mean streets, and he's like getting a coffee, and he's getting a sandwich, and he's just like, I'm just, I'm a hard-boiled cop, and I don't know what to do next. And then he goes back to the precinct, and his chief is just like, look for the body. Just look for it. How many times do I have to tell you? 60,000 times. <laughs> look, for, look for it. <laughs> That's why it couldn't get published. Um. In 1954, things... And then this, the sequel, I Found the Body, <laughs> Now What? by Matt Christopher. <laughs> now what? Uh, in 1954, he was living in Syracuse, working for General Electric, like you do. And yeah, this is where... he worked for GE. And, yeah. yeah. This is where his life changed forever. He was talking to a librarian, um, and he said he was interested in maybe writing some sports books for kids. And she was like, yes, please. We need some... So he wrote The Lucky Baseball Bat, and the world was never the same. Um, he went on to write like a <laughs> bajillion books, um, including some biographies of athletes. Um, as we said earlier, he wrote uh, The Boy Who Only Hit Homers. Um, I, I don't know. Were there any other titles you wanted to read, Andrew, so there, there from is his a, oeuvre? At the end of Skateboard Tough, there is a fairly comprehensive list of matt christopher titles and i think i want to save it for the end of this show okay great we'll come back to it later but Um. what i want to do is i like we don't like even when we're being sort of critical or like sort of silly i don't i don't think we want to be like mean-spirited on sure show and then i think we listen i am i am being as mean-spirited as anybody but like i want to make sure that we note that like we were both as kids, like even I, as a kid who didn't do any sports stuff at all, like I was fully aware of Matt Christopher. Oh yeah, like he is, he was everywhere. Yeah, he, for sure. He wrote a ton of books. Yeah, and he was definitely in the same, um, the same like pantheon for me as like R.L. Stein and um, like Anne M. Martin, who did like the Babysitters Club books, like. He was just an author who wrote a ton of books and he was a staple and he was at every book fair and he was in the library yeah. and he was, he was just around. And he I was, think it was kind like of perfect for those scholastic yeah. book fairs, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't know if this is a scholastic book. I don't One think year it we was. had a, we had a troll book fair. Like these, the troll yeah, these are, we, the, the copy that we have is from hatchet book group though. I think he got his start with little Brown. Um, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't my, know. Mine is Little Brown. Show me okay. your cover real quick. Let's it's the like, same one. On the back, the it one? says the, the 2008 says Hatchet Book Group Incorporated, but that might just be the printing. Sure. Like maybe they just bought the the rights, the distribution rights for um, Matt Christopher novels. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, like he is he is a staple. I think there are there are things we will talk about in this episode that that show why sure like i like he so it's a we'll read the the titles of the matt christopher books like tw- like toward the end he wrote a ton of like baseball books he wrote a lot of basketball books like the the major american sports have multiple books but i also think like as with skateboarding he took a lot of care to try and like touch on a lot of different sports like even if it was a one-off thing like the the one thing that skateboard tough does is it treats skateboarding as like a legitimate athletic pursuit. Yes, as a skill-based pursuit that you can prove 
how good you are at it. Right. Uh-huh. And I, I think that like for if if you're like a a ten year old, twelve year old, whatever, if you're a a preteen kid and you're doing skateboarding and you're looking for somebody to like legitimize what you love and what you're spending all this time on, like I think there is a lot of value in a in sure. like a prolific, well-known sports writer saying, like, here is a here is a book about skateboarding. Yeah. Here is a book about skateboarding where I have taken care to, even if it's a little clunky, like look up real names of moves and like get it checked by people who skateboard. So so and he also wrote uh he did some interviews and some like kind of really light biographies, more just kind of like feature books on actual real life athletes, and some of those have continued uh, past his death. Um, but to your point, Andrew, he did say, um, you know, he, on writing books for kids, cause he only, he only wrote that one book for adults, which was look for the body or whatever it's called. Right. And um, he never followed up with the sequel. <laughs> no. <laughs> and what now? And, uh, he oh, says, crap, I found a body. Uh-oh. <laughs> he says, I think of times when I get emotional writing books. Sometimes I write and there are tears in my eyes. It's very important. I know when I feel like that, the reader will feel that way. Now, I don't know that there are moments in Skateboard Tough where I might have had tears in my eyes. But to what you just said, I think he does do a good job of, like, this is a a pursuit that is important to the kids in this book and identifying with them. And so if you are a kid who values, you know, whatever sport you're interested in reading about, like you're going to get a book that says, hey, you're cool for liking this thing. Mm-hmm. Like that is a totally valid way to spend your time. There's a totally valid way to measure your growth. And then maybe let's have some lessons along the way about who you are. This there is a I, I saw on Facebook and it, I saw on Facebook a thread that's on Twitter. <laughs> That's and very that's complicated. Just like, that's just like the web of <laughs> of social media. It's um by your fat friend at yr fat friend. Okay. And um and as I was as I was reading this this stuff from Matt Christopher and like thinking about it, um this like this person on Twitter did a thread about like being overweight and like going to see a doctor for the first time in a long time and and the reason why they didn't want to go see a doctor is like no matter what they were complaining about, no matter what the like ailment they were going in to be seen about, it'll always come back to like, Oh, you need to lose weight. Oh, like Hmm. you need to do that. And this, this thread that was, that was that I saw recently. And just like, I I, like, I just, I thought about it as we were talking about this. It was like, they went to see a doctor and the doctor like took their concerns seriously. And, and the doctor like said to, to said to them, I can see that you take your health very seriously. Sure. And this sure. is like the first time that person had heard that in like forever and like made her cry. And I was like, it, it meant a lot. And it's, it, it drives home. I think the importance of representation, which I think is something that we talk about a lot that I think is sometimes poorly understood. Yeah. And just like how important it is to be seen and to have, the stuff that you care about or the stuff that you are like taken seriously. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know what like, an maybe, like maybe, maybe that no, connection is no, no. a little tenuous, but like it made me that that's what it made me think about. I think is, like, that how is how much the... it just means to be taken seriously 
in a world that like thinks that skateboarding is for hoodlums, which well, seems to be the world of skateboard tough. I, I think. also think that that is an important and maybe it's a stretch, but it is the best case scenario for Matt Christopher books. Now I can't, I can't speak to the rest of his oeuvre in terms of like, maybe there is some like worldview things that maybe I don't agree with. I have no idea. Um, but just the idea that saying like, you're interested in this thing. That's totally cool. You should go pursue that thing. Um, and maybe you're going to learn some stuff along the way, like to what you're saying, that's a really cool takeaway. And also, a, you know, as I remember anyway, a lot of the kids that feature in these books are in that kind of like 10 to 13 age range where stuff feels way more important than maybe it is 10 years from now. Well, it's it's a phase of your life where you're trying to figure yeah. out who you are as an yes. adult. Like if I'm, I'm going to draw a line from kid Andrew to like 31 year old Andrew sitting in yeah. my kitchen recording a podcast. Sure. Using a sock as my, as my pop filter. Why don't you pull back that curtain? <laughs> you can, I mean, you can go back to childhood. Like I've always played video games. There are some things I've always done, but like when I started figuring out the person who I am, it starts during those like preteen and early yeah, teen yeah. years. And so there's, there's a lot to be said about somebody who, looks at kids who are at that stage in their life and says, Hey, I am here to take you seriously. And he, he says this a couple of times in, in this one interview and the couple others that we found <laughs> where he talks about sports being an equalizer in that way. where like in the pursuit of playing this one game well, or whatever it is, you get to meet people from different walks of life. You get to meet people who are, you know, generations apart, all interested in doing this one thing, having a good time at doing it and doing it well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like that's all best case scenario. Like the I don't recall any of his books dealing with like chronic. Uh, what is the term for like concussions, like chronic traumatic encephalopathy? Like he's not dealing with concussion issues. He's not dealing right, it's not with like sp- it's not sports injuries. No. And, no. and maybe he does deal with that in some of the books where he's we just written, don't know where he's written like 28 baseball books. And yeah. one of them is about a baseball injury. Sure. Like, sure. Andrew, we should Craig, probably start talking about this book. We've been talking for a little while. Is there anything else you need to cover? Here's here's, here's the million dollar question. And oh, the question okay. that made us interested in this book in the first place. Oh, what is this? What does skateboard tough mean? What's a skateboard tough? Oh boy, we're gonna get right into it. So the book, the book, and and the, to much to my dismay, because this is something that I am on the record as liking very much. There is no moment where the title of the book appears. There is no moment where somebody turns to the camera and says, "Yes, he sure was a skateboard tough," or "They were skateboard tough." You know what I mean? Craig is up getting a beer right now, so I'm just sort of amping. I'm going to give... I do know what you mean. <laughs> I'm speaking into Andrew's mic You're now. In my microphone. This I'm in your sock. microphone. I'm into my sock. Um, oh, it smells terrible. No, it doesn't. It's clean. I put it in the laundry. <laughs> Don't lie. Um, I personally think that Skateboard Tough is a... State of mind. Well, it is either a state of mind or it's an imperative sentence. It is skateboard tough. Like, you got a skateboard tough. Andrew, I believe, thinks it is a noun. Andrew, continue. So, yeah, I think that, I think there are two schools of thought about this, basically. I think there is there is a school that says it's skateboard tough like Ford tough. Like, it's an adjective that explains the way that you skateboard. 
or it's like a street tough like oh you're a you're a hoodlum who skateboards i feel like it's a noun i feel like it's like a street tough I am into uh, skateboard tough as some sort of adjective or something similar to it in the way that, like, you have to skateboard tough. So it, you you think that he is skateboard tough as, like, a state of being. I think he does skateboard tough. I would argue that skateboard in this sentence is a <laughs> verb and tough is an adverb. I, and I believe myself that he is a skateboard tough. Sure. We haven't even talked who this is. Um, okay. Go for it. Okay, great. So Hit we're me. talking about our boy, Brett Tyson. He lives in a town called, I believe, I believe it's called Springton? Springford? Yeah, I think Springton is right. Like, th- there are a lot of, there's a gift to coming up with generic names <laughs> that Matt Christopher seems to have mastered. <laughs> now, he, uh, our boy Brett, is, as we learn on the first page, a 121-pound kid who owns a skateboard named Cobra, and he's the new kid in town. He moved in, like, six months ago. Right, and I don't remember why he moved. I think it may be related to his dad's job. Yeah, I think his dad changed jobs or something, something, kid's book. And there are, there are, a, <laughs> there are a lot of kid's books that deal with what happens when your parents change circumstances? Which this book Did doesn't you, really care about. It doesn't really that much. I wanted to ask, like, whether you had a. I mean, I I know that there was some stuff, and we've talked about this on the show before. I know there was some, um, like upheaval when your mom and your dad split up. Yeah, sure. W- was there any like moving associated? No, with that, I or? lived in the. My mom still lives in the house that I grew up in. Um, I never really split time between houses either. That was not a part. That I is know a, you, you developed pretty early on a clear preference for well, which of your parents you were in the no, corner and, of. No, and my dad's situation was was nomadic at times. Um, I, I'm, I am oversimplifying. No, no, but I it was not a situation, and this is an, an experience that I do not share with other um, folks who were raised, you know, with their parents who were divorced or, or separated and remarried where I did not have a, like we spend this holiday over here and we spend that holiday over there. Um, that is not a, a part of my experience. You didn't have like a two Christmases. Like, no, 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 whatever. Yeah. Like, like, so my dad was in the air force for a long time. And so we were, I was born in Florida. I think we were in Illinois for a while. There were a couple like a couple moves where I don't really really remember living in the place where we lived. Sure, sure. But um, I remember very clearly when we lived in South Dakota, and he was he was stationed there, and he decided I'm going to leave and we're going to go home. And home for them was Ohio, which is where we we eventually okay. moved. And I remember just like I don't know that I was like popular in South Dakota, but I like I fit in, and I you had your people. Yeah, and then like, and it's just like dumb stuff. Like, like there was stuff like you would like if you were taking a school picture or something, you get somebody bunny ears. It was just like dumb stuff. Oh, sure, sure, and sure. And then I go to this new school in Ohio, like in the middle of of rural Ohio, and I like for the first day, I'm the cool new kid who everybody wants to be friends with. Ooh la la. And then after that, I'm a weirdo and giving mm. bunny ears to people is gay. And I am oh. just like I am adrift, and Ohio. I'm Ohio, and I'm going home, and I'm asking my mother what gay is. 
Whoa! Uh-huh. Who knew South Dakota was so much, like, ready to go than Ohio is? I don't is? know if it's ready to go. It's just, like, nobody called me gay for doing anything in South Dakota, so I had, I'd, like, it just didn't come up. That is come very up. frank and interesting i i i don't know how many people i've i've told this story to and i i honestly like i don't i don't remember what my mom said when oh i, I don't know what that. she would have said i wouldn't know what to say but i re- like i remember being called that and i mm. remember coming home and like and trying to see what that meant and it's just like there is a and and to get back to skateboard stuff like there, there is a <laughs> To bring this back to the subject matter, there is, there's, there's just like a feeling of being unmoored when you're a kid and you are like, I wouldn't as a 31 year old man who has moved a few times, Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't think a whole lot of moving to a new place for a job because that's just like what you do that's where the job is that's that's sure yeah and when you're like providing for your family like that's what you're more that's what you're thinking about yeah. But when you're a kid and just like for reasons that you don't 100% understand yet, you are taken away from not just your individual friends, but also like the social context that you understand. Yes. It is. And, and, and I don't I don't honestly think that Skateboard Tough explores this <laughs> adequately. <laughs> no. But there but but when you have Brett like worried about how people in his new neighborhood think about him or And well he has limited information about the people in town. Like he has a friend named Johnny Kale, which is the coolest <laughs> name ever. Hey, this is Johnny, Johnny Kale, Kale. <laughs> bringing you the 90s at night. He knows <laughs> he knows that there is a kid named W.E. Windsor. Um, the W.E. is short for Walking Encyclopedia. Um, and his actual name is what? Like Thurston? I looked Thurmond, up. I think Thurmond. you said. Um, Thurman. He knows that there is a woman up the street whose old name is Weatherspoon. Like, his knowledge of the town is, is un, you know, it's not fully fleshed out. So you can see how this is actually a really cool reading of the book, Andrew, that, like, this kid who is perhaps a little unmoored, um, as you'll find out for reasons, um, latches onto some things that kind of rub people the wrong way because he's trying to define himself because he's trying to set himself straight. I do want to just comment what you said before about like not thinking twice about moving for a job or something like that. I hear that, and I instantly recognize the parts in myself that are not comfortable with that because I did grow up outside Philadelphia, I spent my entire life there. I went away to college, came back, and then, like, I kind of want to stay here. Like, it's just part of who I am that is attracted to this place, and I don't have the learned behavior of moving around a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it's interesting that you say that, because I feel like if you were a kid who, in the 90s, so this book was published when, 92? Right? Yeah, it was it was toward the let me turn let's flip some pages. Ninety one according ninety one. Um first paperback edition was in ninety four and then yeah, co- copyright's ninety one. Can you imagine getting this book in hardcover in ninety one? Well unless um, and unless I just wanna <laughs> say like so Matt Christopher died in ninety seven and mm, since mm-hmm. then his family has sort of treated his name as a trademark. So there have, I believe, since ninety seven, there have been 
books that have come out under the Matt Christopher banner yes. that have been written by other people. And they're just using, and, and they were like pioneers in like your name is your brand. <laughs> yeah, you can put it on it like in the Library of Congress. Books written by his widow or other folks go under Matt Christopher, the number one sports series for kids. Right. Um, but I, I do want to say, like, if you were a kid who moved around, or your or like you were dealing with your parents having moved for work or something, and you started reading this book, like that's there in the hook. And as you're saying, the book doesn't deal with that explicitly moving forward. But that is an interesting thing that if that is your lived experience, and you pick up the skateboard book because of it, or for whatever reason, like that's a cool thing to see in a book yeah like like i like i said like I, I didn't play a lot of sports i probably wouldn't have picked up a matt christopher book except for like reasons of peer pressure but when he you also better read these matt christopher <laughs> books or else you're never gonna fit in <laughs> when um like 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 when he does touch upon and, and he is he said in that that interview that we have touched upon like he's the <laughs> oldest of the oldest of nine, and so he yeah, has yeah. seen a lot of kids move through a lot of different kid experiences. Sure. And if one of those experiences is the kid who is just coming into like knowing themselves and then being uprooted and moved somewhere else, like, yeah, that, that's a viewpoint I think that Skateboard Tough at least makes an attempt at representing beyond people who just are cool with skateboarding. So, Andrew, we spent a lot of time giving Skateboard Tough a lot of credit. That is true. And I think I'm trying to build up like a sort of... Some goodwill. Sort of buffer. Because for we're going to... the thing. We're going to... We're gonna shred this gonna book do in some ways. An ollie on this book, I think. Okay. Do you know the ollie was invented in 1976? Invented by Oliver Q. Skateboards. Um, excuse me. It was invented by Alan Ollie Gelfin. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> now, for those of you who are listening who don't know, an ollie is when you lift the board uh, off the ground without using your hands. It's a very particular uh, jump that mm, basically if, if, yeah, transformed you, skateboarding in the 1970s. If any of you ever have played a Tony Hawk Nintendo 64 game, you probably are fully Which at home right now. Mostly my experience with <laughs> skateboarding. I have never successfully been on a skateboard, nor have I been tough. So, oh no, I don't want to be on anything that has its own like wheels or blades. <laughs> like, it's a like skateboarding, ice skating, like all of that. I'm just gonna fall on my butt, and like your butt bones are gonna age and fall apart by themselves. You don't need to accelerate the process by throwing them into the ground, exactly. Yeah, you can't put pads on your butt, like, you put pads, pads on your knees and elbows. You're not gonna be that kid riding around with butt pads. No, like, like we don't have clone butts in real life. That we That's can true. just rely That's on. That's true. Like a school full of kids with nice clone butts just waiting yeah. for us. It's but not pads do not a skateboard tough make. So, exactly. Andrew, let's talk about this story. Let's talk about the story that we read. Let's talk about the story skateboard tough. Okay. So, we meet Brett. He's a 121-pound kid who's new to town. He owns a skateboard named Cobra. He's really into skateboarding. Um, his family is building a garage on the property of the new house that they own. And the guys building the garage are digging up in the yard, and they discover a box. And they're like, this is a weird box. 
And Brett's like, what's in it? And they're like, I don't know. Why don't you have this box? It's on your property. Uh, which is weird because it's technically his parents' property. Uh, he opens the box and there is a quote double kick tails double kick tail skateboard. And so says, the the what the book describes like a double kick tail is when it curves up at both ends. So basically, a skateboard if you were born in the 1980s. Well, and, and the the skateboard that Brett has at the beginning of the book, the Cobra, is the name of the sure. It's a single kick, so it's curved at one end, but it's totally straight on the other end. Correct, Amundo. I don't know if you know this, Andrew. Um, but in, The answer is almost certainly no. <laughs> but in 1976, uh, the California drought gave rise to, the, to vert skateboarding, as many folks started skateboarding in like abandoned pools and other uh, things in California. Interesting. Um, and con- contrast that with the freestyle movement of skateboarding, which is mostly flat ground tricks. That's uh, I didn't, didn't know that about. Learned flat that ground from tricks. a Wikipedia. Nice, that's a so, very good encyclopedia that anybody can edit. So the, <laughs> so our boy Brett has this lizard skateboard that it's came out the of the lizard. The lizard. It came out of the ground. His mom is a little skeptical, but and he just is... like like okay, so front page <laughs> like the cover of this book, the cover of Skateboard Tough says. It's a picture. It says Matt Christopher on it, and then it says Skateboard Tough, and it says the number one sports series for kids. And it's a boy wearing knee pads and like hand pads, I guess, and a helmet, <laughs> and he's riding a board that says the lizard on the bottom of it. Yep. And the subtitle is, is Brett really an awesome skater, or is his board possessed? Now, it's worth noting that this board came out of the ground, Okay. So the book sets you up to think that the skateboard is like supernatural. It's a supernatural skateboard. Sure. I feel like the book does not bear this premise out to its most satisfying conclusion. That's fair. Let's talk about what happens in the book. We okay. Can, we can get. We can see if this is if this is true. All right. So Brett Tyson, there are construction workers working on his parents' house. I've they dig about up this. this they yes. dig, no, I'm just I'm summing up the book so far. They dig up this box, has a skateboard called the Lizard in it. What yes. happens when Brett starts riding the lizard? Now, he is very excited because he thinks he's going to be better than Kyle Robinson, who is the town skateboard kid. Every town has a Kyle Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he does do some cool tricks on this board. Uh, by he, do you mean Brett or Kyle? I mean Brett. Excuse me. Okay. He does one called a ho-ho. Mm-hmm. That's where you ride a skateboard while you eat a ho-ho snack cake. Correct. Right? Actually, it's when, according to this book, it's when you do a handstand on your skateboard. According to the internet, it's when you do a, a handstand with the skateboard still on your feet and your feet are in control of the skateboard. So I'm feeling like um, late stage Matt Christopher may not have known what, exactly what was I up. just like kind of a like Fushigi skateboard <laughs> situation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and he does. He meets up with uh, W. E. Windsor, who apparently doesn't skateboard, but like reads all the skateboard mags. And W. E. We did we already say it stands for Walking Encyclopedia. Yes. continuing the '90s obsession with encyclopedias. True, encyclopedia. So you got Brown. Walking Encyclopedia, yep. Encyclopedia Brown. Like probably there are some others. <laughs> That's a know. good. It's a good argument for obsession. Yes. Now Brett. 
as we said, is doing tricks he's never seen before. He doesn't even know the names of the tricks. And and Walking Psychopathy's like, oh man, you did a go-go gadget, whatever. And he's like, I've never done that before. And he does, I will say that Brett does almost hit a person while riding the lizard. It happens pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. He endangers several lives while he's riding the lizard around town. His buddy Johnny Kale, again, what a name. What's the name you give your lizard? Because lizards eat kale. (laughs) Now, he shows up, and he tells Brett that the lizard uh, belonged to a boy named Lance Hawker, who was a national champion skateboarder nicknamed Cracker Jack Hawker. And Brett goes, oh, man, I wonder if he wants this board back. And Johnny kind of looks kind of woefully at him. And he says, no, Brett, he won't want it back. He's dead. <laughs> and the story is that uh, Cracker Jack Hawker was riding the skateboard in the street and he got hit by a car. And this is now you think that this book is going to take like a footloose turn where it's really about legalizing skateboarding because they make a big deal about the fact that you can't skateboard in the street. Well, and it is it is sort of a thing that keeps coming up is like the the town must hate skateboarding because there's no place for to skateboard to skateboard in the park and and I've got like a bunch of different <laughs> different uh wait here we here we go um so there there's a scene after like Brett finds a lizard and his friends like WE and Johnny start to like WE in particular starts to express this worry that there's something up hexed. with the board there's yes. something hexed about the skateboard and like Brett is just like he's obsessed with skateboarding. He goes to the park and he can't skateboard because the man is on him all the time. Like the man's telling him not to skateboard. And so his solution to this is, hey, I want to write a letter to the newspaper because this is in the era where there are still gatekeepers and people who like defined <laughs> what true. truth was. Now his response <laughs> before he starts writing this letter to the editor, he has demonstrated some like who is like some Frodo like one ring behavior <laughs> where Johnny and, and WE are like, so I, I think the issue is um, he almost runs over a dog. He, he gets in like trouble. Person, right. Um, oh, there's the thing where he's hanging out with Johnny. His mom rolls up in a car and she's like, we got to get out of here. Brett, the contractor's hurt. And he's like, what are you doing? She's like, the contractor oh, like, yeah, who pulled right. your board out of the earth is hurt. Yeah, the contractor who forged the one ring from the, <laughs> the fires of Mount Doom got hurt. So <laughs> so there's this like bubbling sense that perhaps the skateboard is hexed. Um, and to your, you said, Andrew, yes, he's going to write a letter to the editor where he's like, basically, why is there nowhere in this town where skateboarders can be skateboarders? Yeah, right. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to this is a conversation between Brett and his dad, whose name I don't remember. I know he's referred to as Mr. Tyson. I think it's just Mr. Tyson. Um, so this is Brett. I've been thinking about writing a letter to the newspaper, he said. Oh, about what? About somebody building a skateboarding rink in this town. A skateboarding rink, his father echoed. Hey, I think that's a terrific idea. Why not? His voice quickly dropped. But I doubt it'll work. You don't think I should write a letter? Brett asked, disappointed. They might not even print it, his father said. This town seems to frown on skateboarding. But that's because we skateboarders have no special place, Brett said, giving voice to all the arguments brewing in his head. (laughs) 
it's very it's a very skateboarding centric worldview. <laughs> like there's a there's another scene. I then there are, these are just things that I've highlighted out of this book. He is uh he's preparing to participate in a skateboarding contest. Brett turned around sharply and headed toward the town library. He was sure to find some sports <laughs> magazines there that showed the latest in skateboarding stunts. I saw that. So there's like a Wired magazine every month that's revealing like the latest skateboard tricks that people invent. Now here's what happens with this letter, though, because this is and this. Tell gets me about in... this letter and about can you bring it back to his neighbor? Yes, I can. So. You know, he writes this letter and he's like, I'm one of the many kids who enjoy skateboarding. There's no one to do it safely. They say we're dangerous, but we have nowhere to do it. So he's very committed to this idea. Now, while he goes off to like, mail. I, like maybe this isn't an equivalent, but he's basically saying like guns are safe. We just need like a gun we shooting. A, we need a place to use <laughs> we them. We just need a place to shoot our guns. <laughs> I don't think it's equivalent, but I I hear what you're saying. He goes off to mail this letter, and his sister takes the lizard. Her name is Shannon. Shannon. Right. And she starts riding on it. She almost gets hit by a truck, and it's like a whole big thing. There's another moment where Johnny is like, dude, you're super into skateboarding. You're blind to the fact that this board is cursed. You're changing. What's the deal, Brett? So... He writes this letter, and and even then, Johnny's like, this letter is like a little much. Like, what's your deal? (laughs) Um, He ends up spending some time with Miss Weatherspoon. Now, he thought Miss Weatherspoon was like a creepy old lady who's really grumpy. Uh, He comes to understand that she's not. Well, and and so this lonely. this, This begins a theme that will be borne out a couple different times in this book, where. Like Brett's mom is like mad about. She's nervous like, about him she's skateboarding. About, she and and he interprets it interprets it as her being mad, but she expresses concern about his skateboarding. Sure. And Brett assumes without any adequate proof that Mrs. he's like eleven. <laughs> that Mrs. Weatherspoon like called his mom and ratted him out, and so he like flips out he, on his mom. He takes this. And he decides that he hates Mrs. Weatherspoon with the heat of a million suns. But he does wind up hanging out with her later. Yes. I don't remember how that happens I believe she is trying to take her groceries in. That's true. He helps her, and then she says, oh, I read your letter. Wasn't that sweet? Mm -hmm. Good job with your skateboard letter. I hope it works out for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Then a few days later, he notices that she is blacktopping her entire backyard to build a skateboard park on her property where she is, I guess, just going to watch little kids skateboard for her own amusement. Uh Uh-huh. And so he makes her cookies (laughs) just to thank her. It's like if this were a Netflix series... (laughs) It would be episode two in an eight episode run about how a bunch of kids got murdered. <laughs> yeah, Miss Weatherspoon did it. <laughs> a bunch of kids died skateboarding, and it's all the kids that she didn't like in the first place. But also, but but I like Mrs. Weatherspoon does this, and and she's not. And this is something that happens in Skateboard Tell because it's a kids book, like. A lot of characters are not given very deep motivations. So no, I, I feel like 
if her husband passed away, yeah, her, like, her like daughter if, lives far away. If there were a version of Skateboard Tough where like she was Lance's mother or like Ooh. or she had never had kids. I was waiting for that shoe to drop. Or there, she, there was something where she had just like she wanted to be part of this community. She wanted to be like a surrogate mother to like a community. Yeah, of kids. sure. I think it could have been more meaningful and been given you know who more, she reminds like, me of though in the best case scenario she reminds me of that? that she reminds me of the old person who shows up in the third act of any home alone movie <laughs> mm, of any home alone movie <laughs> she reminds me of the woman that Jem spends time with in to kill a mockingbird oh sure 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 like what's the, her the name? one whose house burns down um uh, Let me look it up. Me, tell yeah. Me, tell me what point you're gonna make, and I'll look the name. It's the woman who's like dying and ha- oh, is on like yeah, morphine yeah. all the time, and he like messes up her flowers, and right, then he has to go yeah, spend time I know, with her. I know who you're talking about? Miss, it's not Mayfair. Just do your thing, and I'll look yeah. The name. Uh, it's just interesting because he like Brett bonds with her, and what what's interesting about this is that she, Miss Weatherspoon, does uh, calls for a. Sp- skateboard contest and she tries to get town council to sign off on it and apparently she has enough money to pay for the insurance that kids could just like fall down on her property and things will be fine yeah like i don't know what geico gecko <laughs> sold you that <laughs> tier of insurance but like I'm, I'm glad that like osha has come by <laughs> and certified your backyard skateboard rink so she um uh, tries to get the skateboard contest off the ground but the town shoots it down, and of course, uh, one of the reasons this relationship is important to the book is that Brett blames <laughs> nationwide is on your so side. So that's an insurance thing. That is an autoplay ad that came up while I was looking up some information. Um, Miss Maudie is the one who I was thinking of. You were thinking of. Mrs. Henry Lafayette DuBose. That's her name. name of the That's character. her name. Um, so this becomes important because he gets in a fight with his mom when the town shoots down this skateboard competition. He blames his mom, saying that she like talked to people, and that's why actually, it doesn't this go. This is a little hard for me to read. Oh, really? Just just because this is this is I don't know if it's the second time or the third time, but Brett keeps. With without even thinking about it, blaming people in his life for stuff. Sure. Oh, good point. Okay. And so th- this happened with um, like he he was um, he's blaming his mom. He he blames who is it? He blames like W E later for like trying yeah, to take his skateboard. Yeah. And it's it's pit- I don't think it's pitched very convincingly because just because I don't think we have a very good picture of who Brett is before he digs a skateboard up in his front yard. But it's pitched as this thing where the skateboard is like changing him and having some external effect on him. And and and, 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 and like because of like the the quote that we read from the front page is like this implication that this board is haunted in some way and like changing him in some way. Well, and and overall, anytime you see him skating, he is like mind melding with the board. And doing things he's never done before. He doesn't he's, know the names. Like he's not even thinking about it. Like he he notes a couple times that he's 
it's definitely not practice that's making yes. him good at skateboarding. It's all just something about the lizard. All he's thinking about is being better than Kyle Robinson, and that's starting to warp him. Now, what he does learn is that um, after he gets in trouble for yelling at his mom, he learns that his parents went to town council, to a town council meeting. His dad went, and his mom showed up there independently. Oh, there you go. Which is a big thing, because his mom is the principal adversary in this book, because she doesn't want her son to break all his bones doing skateboarding, <laughs> which like as a 31 year old man, I have a hard time not thinking of her as the hero of this book. But she does say maybe we could have a skateboard competition. Maybe we could if have it was one. safe. Maybe if it was safe. So uh, later in the book, they maybe have fruit of my loins. If yes. you didn't like totally break your body doing skateboarding, I could be cool with you doing this competition. So they have a skateboard competition at Ms. Weatherspoon's house. Uh, according to the book, there are about a dozen spectators. So clearly it was all worth That's it. That's not very many spectators. And they have a beginner's competition where whoever, whatever wins. And there's a lot of drama where uh, Kyle Robinson's going to go like sixth or something. And Brett's is, supposed to go. It's a weird scene. I don't like the 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 motivation for it is not adequately explained. It, no, think. but in in retrospect, I get what it's trying to do. So Brett is like number eight, and his buddy Johnny's number seven. So he wants to go right after Kyle, so he can show up Kyle real bad. So he like gets in a fight with Johnny about switching numbers and then just like rips Johnny's number <laughs> off of him. Johnny is like, no, I don't want to give you my number. And Brett is like, hey, I'm the boss. Give me your number. I have this ghost board. Let me skate in front of you. I have a haunted ghost board. The old lady who built this roller skating rink, ice, whatever, skateboard rink in her backyard is in my corner. So I get the number that I want. And he like tries to say that it was like Cracker Jack Hawks number or the something. The guy who originally owned the haunted skateboard whose ghosts may or may not inhabit in the, the skate- skateboard. Yeah, I don't uh-huh. know. Um, and so he wins the competition doing some moves that he's never done before, of course. I'm, I'm going to, you keep talking. I'm going to look up like the, the, just the names of the tricks. Oh, please book. do. Please do. Are very like they're um, obviously researched and also completely take you out of what is happening. <laughs> While you look this up, I'll say that um, Johnny Kale does not seem happy about Brett's win. He's one of the few people who does not congratulate him. Uh, and again, this is like the two closest people to Brett seem to be his mom and Johnny. His mom, Johnny, and Walking Encyclopedia. And he keeps. Oh yeah, he does. He gets mad at Walking Encyclopedia too. Um, he keeps pushing these people away as he gets closer and closer to this board. Andrew, what tricks do you want to talk about? I just I want to read you the the prose about this mm. contest mm-hmm. that he participates mm-hmm. in. Uh, he started out with some easy tricks first: a tail wheelie, a hang ten in parentheses, hanging the toes of both feet over the nose of the skateboard with the rear of the board off the pavement. End parentheses, semicolon, a judo air, and a few others that Kyle and the other contestants had done. Next, he did a handstand using both hands in italics, then letting go of the board with one hand and standing straight up with the other. Hey, look at that, will you? A A gymnast plant, the announcer yelled, surprised and obviously enthusiastic. Young Brett's the only one who has done that trick so far. 
The crowd showed its surprise and pleasure, too, cheering and applauding. So far, so good, Brett thought as he looked forward to other moves he expected to do. <laughs> and there's, a, there's another thing, man. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's something weird about how this book describes the way that people react to things. So let's go back to the phrase, the crowd showed its surprise and pleasure, too, cheering and applauding. Why would you not say that just the crowd cheered and applauded and let the reader assume that this was because of the crowd's surprise and pleasure? I don't, I don't know. And so let me, and so let me, here's another thing is that Brett is in the park. He's doing a bunch of skateboard tricks Uh and then he goes to talk, he talks to Johnny or W.E. or somebody and he says, thanks. Uh, this is this is just the thing. Thanks, Brett said, wiping the sweat off his brow with his forearm. Those tricky performances had sped up his circulation and made him hot. Whoa. And it's like, and I know that this is a book for kids, but the book doesn't trust you, the reader, to make the connection between physical exertion and sweat. That's true. Like the book needs to explain precisely why Brett is sweating and needs to wipe sweat off his brow with his forearm. Earlier, way earlier in the book, when Brett is just learning how to use the lizard, he says never would he return to the grave where he had found it. It would be crazy. The board was too hot, too good to be left to rot. Just the way that you put things, Matt Christopher. <laughs> the way that you say words. The way you use your language, the, Matt Christopher. The order that you put words in is just mystifying to me, Matt Christopher. So he wins, Brett does, this competition. <laughs> he does, and he gets a gift certificate, and I forget how many dollars it's Not for, enough. but it's like low double digits. Not enough. <laughs> he receives a postcard, Andrew. Mm-hmm. From Lance, Mm -hmm. the dead kid. Like he goes back to his house and he sees this postcard from Lance, the dead kid. And it says, please rebury the lizard or you'll be sorry or whatever. Now, he initially thinks that maybe it was who? W.E. who wrote it? I think he thinks it's he thinks it. Does he think it's his mom? Originally, like. I don't know Originally? that he thinks it's his mom. I think he definitely think he, thinks it's he W.E. Thinks he thinks his mom is like in the way of making the skateboard tournament happen. But well, he but this is after he, he wins. Thinks, so yeah. his mom is in like is like, sure. wow, so, you're yeah, really I good at skating. He thinks W.E. wrote the note because W.E. had been the only person to that point to emphasize that he thought the, the skateboard haunted might part. be haunted. Yes. Right, yeah. Um, he later thinks maybe it was Kyle and <laughs> this... This, this glosses <laughs> over something that happened where he like calls W.E. and he is 100% oh, yeah. convinced of his own rightness. And he's just he's a yelling huge jerk. like he is a new kid in this town and he is yelling at like one of his two close friends about he wrote how he wrote this note. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Yeah. Um. He then thinks maybe it was, so he like he and W.E. make up. He then assumes that maybe it was Kyle, Kyle Robinson. Now, Kyle goes ahead and steals the lizard. 
This, this is, is a very this is a very goosebumpsian chapter end. Yeah, and Kyle almost gets killed by a carpenter dropping a window from a house he was building. And listen, who who of us has not almost died because a contractor dropped something? Many of us. <laughs> uh, and so that we move on. You know, he's like not happy about this. Um, and two weeks later, there's another skateboard contest. And that seems very quick to me. I just like it. The book makes it clear that the second skateboarding contest is like way bigger than the first one. And it has some like local sports sponsorship. Yes. So I think the first one was like a trial balloon. Okay. For a sure. And a skateboard contest live in, some, in this small in town. Some old lady's backyard. And she says <laughs> she has insurance, but I guess we don't know for sure. And uh, we get to the point where Brett is about to compete. And he starts doing some tricks, and he falls. He does fall. It's in italics, as I recall. And then he tries to do some more tricks, and it's but not he's just working do, out. He's just playing it safe. And then, yeah, then he stops doing crazy tricks, like really elaborate tricks. And it's clear that he has not done a good job. He does not win. He doesn't even get any money. The applause that he gets, the book says, like, is one-tenth the applause... <laughs> The applause that he gets after he is gone is one-tenth as loud as, as it <laughs> was when his name was originally called. And so it is clear that Brett Tyson has not performed to expectation. And so you find out he has a conversation with Johnny Kale. You find out that Brett has reburied the lizard. And that Same. Johnny Kale, oh man, <laughs> that Johnny Kale was behind the postcard, uh, going all the way back to Johnny Kale being like, yo, dude, not everything is skateboarding. Or is it? Says Brett. Says Brett. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the joy of skateboarding got a little bit lost as Brett used this ghost board to defeat his nemesis, Kyle Robinson. That's my favorite Julia Child book, is The Joy of Skateboarding. The Joy of Skateboarding? <laughs> it's the one she did right after The Joy of Cooking. That's true. Um, she was a multi-talented lady. Not did a lot she of people write know that. The Joy of Cooking, though? Yeah, probably. Let's not fact That's check that. That's what the that. movie Julia and Julia taught me. I'm not going to fact check they that both, at all. They both cooked, and then they both skateboarded. You, you just don't let us know if that's wrong, please. Um, and so after the second skateboard competition, uh, Brett has done bad. Hasn't gotten any gift certificates. None. <laughs> when you're a kid, a gift certificate is like way more valuable than cash. Than you don't even know what to do with money. You spend it on popcorn. You don't know what to do with money. And then you get a gift certificate. And it's like, not only do I have money to go spend at this place, but I also have like a thing that is going to make my parent drive me to the place that they give Correctamundo. Yeah. Like Here's you, a CD you've got I can power. buy. I'm going to go to Sam Goody, and I'm going to buy whatever the newest No Doubt album is. Thank you! That's what I was going to say! <laughs> I would like one No Doubt album, please. One No Doubt. I have no doubt about this purchase. <laughs> Thank you. But it's like gift certificate gives like you're in the driver's seat for once. <laughs> so he doesn't get any uh, gift you know, certificates. It's all your fault that I screen my phone calls. So I don't know <laughs> if I've ever told you this before. Don't speak anymore. I'll leave a message don't. and I'll call you back. 
don't speak. I need to talk about the end of this book. <laughs> so they meet up with Miss Weatherspoon, and Johnny and Brett are hanging out, and she's like, are you friends now again? And they're like, yeah, it's cool. And then <laughs> that's when they admit that he reburied the skateboard. <laughs> and Brett, like, welcomes back his skateboard cobra, and that's the end of the book. So, like, so what are the lessons that we've learned? I think we've learned. I think the one lesson is don't yell at your mom. Don't yell at your mom. One lesson is good sportsmanship. Yeah. Don't be a jerk just because you're better than Kyle Robinson. Just And listen, I wish that the book had made it clear whether there was a relationship between the, the haunt, apparently haunted skateboard and Brett's talent. The, the scene at the end where he's skating on the Cobra and he falls makes it seem more like it's about his confidence than it is about the, the skateboard Oh, being it's haunted. like a Spider-Man 2 situation. It's like a Dumbo sort of thing where you have that, like... You that also. The, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Spider-Man 2 slash Dumbo, which they study in film school, about how the magic was inside you all along. Yeah, like <laughs> sure. <laughs> But it does, there does, they do take some times, Matt Christopher, they, the characters and Matt Christopher do take some moments to show where like people were in unfortunate situations Mm -hmm. because of the lizard. Because of the Hannah's ghost skateboard. Uh, So it's possible. And the spiteful spirit that was contained within. I think the two lessons are don't yell at your mom, she knows better, and uh, be cool to your friends, don't just like go whole hog on skateboarding don't accuse them of writing letters from a dead man that accuse you of stealing their skateboard now that's a very specific lesson but i think it's i think it's valuable i still think it's valuable andrew i have some uh questions and thoughts from our friends on social media oh boy um we've talked a little bit about this rob wanted to know is skateboarding a crime in this town in this town, and and like ha- up to halfway through, at least I was expecting this this to be like a footloose, a footloose situation. Yes, yes, it is. Well, and that's a big thing. Like skateboarding, depending on where you're doing it now, today is a crime. Like you're not supposed to skateboarding can ruin property. You know, like as a can, property owner, I'm very sensitive to to things that ruin property. But like water damage and skateboarding. Did you know skateboarding <laughs> you know, started? You get skateboarding and you get skateboarders in your walls, and it's just it's really hard to get it them goes out. Goes everywhere. <laughs> um, did you know that skateboarding started because surfers were bored? Were they bored? Uh, <laughs> they they didn't have anything to do when the tide was like boring, so they wanted to sidewalk so like well like what would skateboarding what would surfboarding be like if we didn't have any waves and thus skateboarding was invented andrew i sourced this from wikipedia which sourced this from a book called the good the rad and the gnarly that sounds like an authoritative resource (laughs) in read skateboarding so yes in this book (laughs) skateboarding is a bit of a crime though it seems like brett changes the town's mind on it um, Andrew Charlotte wanted to know if he's so tough, why is he wearing knee pads? Because Brett, throughout this book, is very concerned with safety and parental permission. Okay. Um, there is a point in this book, and I'm not going to flip to the page, where the book is very careful to note that before he goes out, he has asked 
permission to go out. Oh, sure. And he does a bu- there are parts earlier in the book where he whenever his mom says you cannot skateboard, he does listen to her. He does listen to her. Like he's not that much of a skateboard tough. And not I know that, that this much. is where our where our definition of what a skateboard tough is is going to vary, but he does listen to his mom and even though he resents his mom, he listens to his mom. That's why I think he's not a skateboard tough, but when he does skateboard, he skateboards tough. No, he is a skateboard tough. Skateboard tough. The um, board makes him a skateboard tough. Uh, we did, if you want to check out our Twitter, we did share a fun skateboard font that Taylor shared with us. And listen, I said this on Twitter, but if you're going to make a Kama Sutra font and you're going to replace the skateboard with like another person, Bodies. it would be the, it would be the same font. Uh, and Christina wanted to know, Andrew, our good friend Christina wanted to know, okay. are lizards, so this goes back to why is this ca- board called the lizard? We should talk about the I myth of the, of the lizard a little bit. I don't bit. know. The, the book... Does not adequately explain the lizard. Are lizards known for their ability to skate, or are they just the toughest reptile? What are the other reptiles? Geckos. Is that true? Lizards are definitely... If geckos are reptiles... I don't know if this is true. (laughs) Lizards are definitely tougher. Are turtles reptiles? I don't know about like crocodiles, alligators either. Those are dinosaurs. Yes, you're absolutely correct. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> I'm Carl Sagan. Welcome <laughs> to Reptiles I'm, and Dinosaurs. Is, you're listening to the new Bill Nye the Science Guy Welcome thing. to the Pale Blue Dot. And definitely anything with teeth has, is a dinosaur. That's true. Um, They're pretty tough. I don't know about their skateboarding ability. Lizards are pretty rad, though. Like they an iguana are, is pretty like rad. The base level radness, like even without a skateboard, is pretty high. And so you add a skateboard, and science has shown that anytime you add a skateboard to something, it becomes more rad. Those are all the questions we got about skateboard tough. Is there anything else you want to say about I just, skateboard tough? I have tough? a lot more questions, but you have more questions about I just, skateboard tough. But what I really want to get into is at the end of this Matt Christopher book. Matt Christopher, the number one sports series for kids. There is a there are a couple pages and it says read them all. Oh yes. And is a a comprehensive list of every Matt Christopher book published, I think. Now I don't at I, least as of the paperback edition of Skateboard Tough. Sure. Now which I don't I don't think there was like a skateboard tougher. I don't think there bad. was. Now is your plan this moment right now to read all of these books? That is my plan. Would you like to alternate or how do you want to do this? Okay, so does your the first page end with lacrosse face-off and the next page starts with lacrosse firestorm? Incorrect. My Whoa. first page ends with the kid who only hit homers and okay. my next page begins with lacrosse face-off. Okay, so th- these are pretty close. So I-, I will read up to the kid who only hit homers and you can read after that. Okay, Sure. <laughs> okay. So these are, if you want to, if you're a big Matt Christopher fan after listening to this podcast and you want to read all of his work, this is where you can start. Okay, great. And there are little, like, there are helpful little pictures next like to Like emojis each, almost. Like little, yeah. yeah, proto emojis next to each title that tell you what the book is about. Okay, great. Uh, all right. Let's start. Baseball Flyhawk. Baseball Turnaround. The Basket Counts. Body Check. Catch That Pass. Catcher with a glass arm, catching waves, center court sting, center field ball hawk, challenge at second base, the comeback challenge, comeback of the home run kid, cool as ice, the diamond champs, 
dirt bike racer, dirt bike runaway, dive right in, double play at short, face off, fairway phenom, football double threat, football fugitive, which makes this like he broke the law. I don't know. <laughs> I like the next one. Football nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> the fox steals home, goalkeeper in charge. The Great Quarterback Switch, uh-huh. Halfback Attack, previously published as Cracker Jack Halfback. Mm-hmm. I assume there was a a trademark <laughs> conflict with the Cracker Jack people. The Hockey Machine, Ice Magic, Johnny Longlegs, the kid who only hit homers. Craig, take it away. Oh, see, I have a couple other ones, though. Ooh, really? Tell me. The Home Run Kid Races On. Okay. Hot Shot. Ooh, I don't Johnny know. Long Legs. <laughs> Johnny Long Legs. Karate Kick. <laughs> lacrosse Face Off. Lacrosse Firestorm. Line Drive to Short. Uh, previously published as Pressure Play. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Long Arm Quarterback. I need to read the next previously published by it, just so you know. Okay. Long Shot for Paul. Look who's playing first base. <laughs> <laughs> just babies, I bet. That's not a good, like, that's... <laughs> the joke but like not really good miracle at the plate mountain bike mania nothing but net (laughs) out at second penalty shot power pitcher previously published as baseball pals the best name (laughs) the reluctant pitcher return of the home run kid he's back run for it shoot for the hoop shortstop from tokyo skateboard renegade skateboard tough well there is another skateboard book yeah this is also about brett tyson oh i hope so slam I wonder. Oh, I wonder if it's about Lance Hawkins. Um, slam dunk, snowboard champ, snowboard maverick, snowboard showdown, soccer <laughs> duel, soccer halfback, soccer hero, soccer scoop, stealing home, the submarine pitch. Ooh, I like. I want to read about that one. The okay, team- it says when Zach takes up skateboarding, he doesn't realize that he's expected to look a certain way and cop Ooh. a certain attitude. So, like, hot topic. And the cover of the book says image isn't everything. And it also looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> so the, it's unrelated to skateboard. Okay. Time. The team that couldn't lose tennis ace, tight end, top wing, touchdown for Tommy, tough to tackle, wingman on ice. Touchdown for Tommy is my favorite Rugrats episode. <laughs> the year mom won the pennant. <laughs> what? Girls playing baseball. However, will they win? <laughs> Matt Christopher, you're one of my favorites. Dang, you're a national treasure, Matt Christopher. I hope you never die Wait. 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so on August something, um, you should celebrate his birthday. I don't know his birthday, but you should celebrate. You should look it up and celebrate. His 100th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Christopher Centennial. All he wanted to do was hit home runs, and he wrote a bunch and of books you know, about hitting home runs. He wrote a bunch of books, and every one of those books was a home run, I think. Also, oh, jeez. Also, <laughs> uh, California in 2003 designated June 21st as Go Skateboard Day. It may or may not also be Father's Day. Does it Day. have anything to do with Matt Christopher, or is it about skateboards? It's just about skateboarding. <laughs> But you should go skateboard on Go Skateboard Day, June twenty first, and just if, read Skateboard Tough the whole time. And if and if it's also Father's Day, do it with your dad, but not with your mom because your mom doesn't want you to skateboard. It's true, but she could win the pennant. <laughs> Andrew, I'm really happy that we talked about this book, and I'm really excited to hear what I people am think. Too, and it was like a rich vein because this book was like eight pages long. It's pretty. It's a pretty slim book. It's a slim book. I would say. 
So reading a Matt Christopher book is sort of like reading like a one-off Law and Order episode. And I, I don't mean okay. that like some kids are getting killed or anything, but I mean that like mm-hmm. the level of character development is about that of like a 60-minute television episode. It's just like you, you'd stumble into a writer's room that is used to coming up with like they start with a conceit and then they work yes. backwards to a character and yes. then they do that 900 times. Yes, and there are some ancillary <laughs> characters that inform your main character of the week. Bing bang boom, story's over. Bing bang boom, we've created Brett Tyson, the skateboard hero, tough. the 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 skateboard tough. The skateboard, he skateboards tough, excuse me. He is a skateboard tough who skateboards tough. There you go. Two Com- things can be true. Compromise. Compromise. If that's what politics is really about. Want to weigh in on the skateboard tough for a skateboard tough debate. You can hit <laughs> us up at facebook.com slash overdue pod or twitter.com slash overdue pod if you sent us some questions already i thanked you for that you can also use our email address at overdue pod at gmail.com andrew if folks want to know more about the show where should they go they can go to overduepodcast.com up there we have links to itunes and stitcher and google play and rss those are all ways you can subscribe to the show if you subscribe in itunes especially do rate and review us we keep getting those at a pretty steady trickle. We're really close to 450 reviews. Hey, and um, I don't care anymore about anything. That's not a big round number, but Craig still cares about those 50 milestones. Makes me feel good. It makes him feel good. So please go like do Bustin. Give us yeah, like Bustin and getting iTunes reviews makes him feel good. So do go there and, and give us those reviews and, and it helps Craig feel good, but it also helps us rise in those rankings and it helps other people find the show. Uh, you can find links to um, HeadGum, our podcast network, Spreaker, our podcast host. We have Amazon links to the books that we have read and are going to read by the time you're listening to this. Our schedule for May should be up or it will be up very soon. Um, and we also have a link to our Patreon project, which is a way you can give us money to do this dumb skateboard, whatever dumb podcast that we do. Mm-hmm. And also the one that we do on other weeks where we read Series books and talk about those <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, skateboard tops is a serious book. I should not belittle it, but um, yeah. So so thank you everybody for for listening again. You are the reason we do this podcast. The fact that we get such a big response and we get such wonderful kind emails and, and tweets from everybody is is, is it, without that we probably would have stopped doing this like two or three years ago. So it's. That's very true. I just, I need, what, do you think anything else? I need you to like back me up on this one. I just feel like we wouldn't have done Skateboard Tough if we didn't find it funny and then a bunch of strangers also didn't find it funny. If we hadn't mentioned it as a one-off thing on some completely unrelated episode and then a bunch of people on Facebook and Twitter said, oh my God, I would love you to read Skateboard Tough. (laughs) Yeah, this would not exist. So thank you to everybody who... I guess convince us that reading skateboard help would be a good idea. Cause it was, it was, I think we got something out of it. Um, we will see everybody next Monday or, you know, whenever, whenever. We post another episode, um, until then everybody, thank you again so much for listening and interacting with us and like enriching our lives with your presence. And until we see you again, when they said it's getting late in here, so I'm sorry, young man, there's no skating here. And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, Push, kick, push, coast.
in a way he rolled Just a rebel to the world with no place to go And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast So come escape with me, just a rebel looking for a place to be So let's kick That was a HeadGum Podcast.